0: Welcome, as we come to worship our God tonight, whether we're here in the building or whether you're joining us online. Now, tonight is going to be slightly different. We're going to break this evening up into two parts. um, And John is going to come and preach to us from Psalm 103 in the first part. And then we're going to have a quick cup of tea and coffee, about 15 minutes. And then Rosie is going to come and talk to us about her work in Papua New Guinea. So, quick turnaround with tea and coffee then. Back in here, a quarter of an hour later. We're going to start our service by singing um, the following hymn. Your mercy, my God, is the theme of my song. The joy of my heart and the boast of my tongue. And when I read this earlier, I was really challenged. Is God's mercy the theme of my song? Is it the joy of my heart and the boast of my tongue? And perhaps as we're singing it, we can pray that God's mercy... Would be these things. Let's stand as the the music comes. <laughs> going to come to our God in prayer now. Let's bow our heads and our hearts as we pray to him. Father God, we we thank you that you are merciful. We thank you that you are gracious. We thank you that you are slow to anger and that you are abounding in steadfast love we think about our own lives, we think about our own hearts. Lord, and we know that there is nothing that we have done or that we could do to earn your love, to earn your graciousness towards us. But we do thank you for your mercy. We thank you that through your son, the Lord Jesus, we thank you that through his death on the cross, we can come to you and have forgiveness. And we pray that you would be merciful to everyone here in this building. For those of us that know you, we pray that our hearts would want to worship you more. We pray that we would want to praise you more. We ask that your mercy would be what's on our lips. You know, wanting to encourage each other with your mercy, your love and your grace. But also wanting to tell other people about your mercy, your love, and your grace. And we pray for anyone here who yet does not understand that their sin has separated them from you, that does not see that the Lord Jesus, dying on the cross, has made that way to have peace with you, whose focus is on this world. We ask that your Holy Spirit would Convict them of their sin. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be here tonight pointing them to Jesus. Helping them to see that once forgiven those sins are forgotten and remembered no more. We thank you that that door is still open. That promise is still current that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we pray this very night that souls would be added into your kingdom, that souls would be saved from the devil's power. Lord God, we we pray that not for ourselves, not only for ourselves, we pray that for our families and our neighbours, we pray it for those who are coming this week onto the curry evening, onto the ladies, as they meet on Tuesday. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be preparing hearts (laughs) To receive your word. We pray that you would be with Rosie as she speaks on Tuesday evening. But we ask your Holy Spirit would be working now. So that souls are ready to hear and receive your word. And likewise we pray the same for the children for next Saturday for the holiday Bible week. We ask that you would uh, be sending those children along that you want to speak to. And we pray that your spirit would speak to them this coming Saturday. We ask that there would be those who want to come and find out more, who want to come to the Sunday school to hear more about Jesus. We pray that parents would be willing to come on the Sunday to the family service. And Lord, we we don't ask just for numbers sake. Lord, we want people to hear about your love and about your mercy. And the difference that that can make to them in this sinful life. Lord God, we, we want to um, commit to you those who are unwell, those that we know, those that we don't. We pray for Betty, home from hospital, and ask that your healing hand would be with her. and Help Steve as he looks after her. Lord, we remember Tim Otway still in hospital. And ask that you continue to be with him. We pray that you would strengthen him after his operation. And we pray your healing hand would be upon him. And for those that um, we know that we can't talk about, you know. Lord, we commit them into your care. We pray for James and Rachel in Uzbekistan at the moment. We pray that you would help James um, as he preaches to them there. We thank you that your gospel. It didn't just stay in the Middle East, but Lord, is spreading around the world as you wanted it to. And we pray that you would help those in Uzbekistan who have to meet in secret, who can't meet in a regular place of worship, but have meetings at different places and at different times, so there is no set pattern. But Lord, Lord, you can hear them, you can help them, you can strengthen them, Lord, you can change lives in Uzbekistan. We pray that you would especially strengthen James and Rachel as they have been unwell. And we pray that they would feel your strengthening hand. And Lord, we commit Rosie to you again. We ask that you would help her as she speaks to us a little bit later. Help her, she has a busy week with speaking to the ladies on Tuesday too. But Lord, we know she wants you to be honoured. She wants you to be glorified. She wants us to be encouraged through what she has to say. And we pray that you would bless her as she speaks to us. And Lord God, we ask that as John comes and preaches to us from your word, we pray that those of us that know you are we will want to praise you more and worship you more as John encourages us. And again we ask that any who do not know you, may they realise, Lord, that you want to forgive them for their sin if they come and ask you for forgiveness in Jesus' name. We pray you bless our time together for Jesus' name's sake. Amen. We're going to um, read Psalm 103. We're going to read through Psalm 103 and John is going to spend a little bit of time looking at verses 11, 12 and 13. I wonder what you think it means to bless the Lord. I wonder what you think it means to bless the Lord. We want to be blessed by him, don't we? We want God to bless us. But what is it to bless him? Well, it's it's to praise him, but it's more than praise him. It's the highest form of praise that we can give to him. And as we read through this psalm, there is so many reasons why we should want to praise him. So let's read through Psalm 103, which is on page 502 in the Chapel Bibles. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, he flourishes like the flower of the field, Bless the Lord, O you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, before John comes and, and, and teaches us from that word, We've got our second song, which is Rose's Choice. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. And let's stand as the music starts.
1: My aim this evening is to be quite a bit shorter than I usually am for a message, so that we have uh, uh, plenty of time for Rose's update later on. The aim is to uh, have the finish of the service opportunity for a cup of tea and back here at uh, half past seven. So that's the the plan. And for our shorter time together in God's Word, we're um, in this psalm that Martin read for us, Psalm 103, and we're looking at just three verses from the middle of this, uh, if I may say, this brilliant psalm that we've had read to us, Psalm 103. Uh, my mind uh, went to this because of the east-west thought uh, that uh, is in this psalm, and with Rosie speaking this evening, Rosie whose work is in the Far East, I'm not sure if you technically call Papua New Guinea the Far East, but uh, it's far and it's east, so it's a long way away, and that sent me thinking of this so, now we we love uh, picture language, don't we? And God, in His kindness, often uh, gives us picture language. Uh, Jesus gave us parables, and often the Bible truth is amplified by picture and and parallel. And uh, we have. Three in the verses that we're going to be looking at this evening Psalm 103 verses 11 to 13 For as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him As far as the east is from the west so far does he remove our transgressions from us As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. It's a psalm of praise. We had that clear at the outset. Martin explained it. It's a psalm of God's mercy and steadfast love. And considering God's mercy and his steadfast love, it should lead us to praise. And I'm hoping that will be the case in this time this evening. God's mercy leading us to praise. It is a psalm of mercy in the older translation or a new King James, sometimes translated, I think quite rightly, steadfast love in some of these verses. Verse 4, crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious. Verse 8, 11, so great is his steadfast love, or mercy, toward those who fear him. Verse 17, but the mercy or the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Verse 13, as a father shows compassion. So you have these words of love, mercy, and compassion. Now, uh, yes, God is a God of righteousness and justice. That's alluded to, verse 6, verses 8 and 9. God of righteousness, justice and anger. And uh, Mark and I have it in mind that, that one of us will do a psalm of justice one of these Sundays, so that we get a flavour of that important aspect of teaching. But here it is more a psalm of mercy And to appreciate this psalm, we need to realize that we need mercy. Do you realize you need God's mercy? We don't deserve God's kindness. Do you realize that? We don't deserve it. We tend to think we have a right to it. We have no right to it whatsoever. We have transgressed, comes up in our three verses this evening. And that word transgress here means rebellion. Verse 12, rebellion. It's not just like a toddler who's misheard uh, what the parents said. It's the toddler who has heard full well what the parent said and his arms are crossed and his heels are dug in. And he says, I'm not doing what you say. And the Bible makes clear that with God's command to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength, so much of the time we have said, I'm not going to do what you've said. And the Bible makes clear that though God has said, love your neighbour as yourself, we say, no, I'm not going to do that. And we need mercy because there are just so many countless times when we've transgressed and rebelled. And in these three verses we get wonderful pictures of the grandness and greatness of God's mercy. I've got a much simpler PowerPoint than this morning. You can look at these three pictures. And the first is, I think we can call it to do with height. Verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. On Monday, uh, we were up at Hannah's and uh, so we walked to part of the Thames. She can do that from her house, which is very handy. And so as we got to the Thames and looked over and looked across the river, what could we see? Well, we could see Tower Bridge, that's within a mile of her. Uh, We could see the cheese grater in the City of London. 22 Bishop's Gate, very high. We could also see the Shard, over a 1,000 feet The the highest, I understand, the highest building in Western Western Europe still. These high buildings, so much higher than us. Our bridge is so much higher than us. Cheese grates are so much higher The shard is so much higher than us. And we're told here that God's mercy is higher. For as high as the heavens, we go upwards. We think of the clouds. Don't you love those wispy cirrus clouds? They're so sort of photogenic, aren't they? Those wispy cirrus clouds. They're an average of about 30,000 feet up. 30 shards up. It's where the planes tend to cruise on their flights. And God's mercy is as high as that. Well, higher than that. So much higher than us. God's mercy is so grand and vast the heavens in the Bible includes beyond the clouds. It includes the moon and the sun and the stars. Let's take the nearest star, our sun. You know how far that is? 93 million miles. How many shards is that? Well, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something in the reach of 450 million shards for the closest of the stars. These are pictures of God's mercy. Not small, not minuscule, not is there enough for me, but toweringly high. We might say, and perhaps you do say, I love you to the moon and back. It's as if God says the same. I love you to the moon and back. Isn't that amazing? His love is infinite and eternal And he raises us to such heights of acceptance, of inheritance, of future, of belonging, of privilege. Our sin is great, our rebellion is great, but his mercy is greater. Who are the receivers of this mercy? For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love to those who fear him. Those who fear him are the receivers of his mercy. Those who are humble and repentant and trusting. It's a sort of Old Testament phrase that's sort of equivalent to New Testament believer, really. You fear him, you're humble, you're repentant, you're trusting. If you're not, that's where you need to get to. If you are, then the highest mercy has come your way. Sometimes those who fear him also fear condemnation. Perhaps you do. But there's no need. Just hear this verse. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. Length. Height, rather second one giving it away length it's sort of to do with length isn't it verse 12 another picture as far as the east is from the west so far does he remove our transgressions from us spurgeon says of this the baptist commentator and preacher "O glorious verse no word even upon the inspired page can excel it In other words, he's saying this is the best of verses. You're looking at the best of verses in his mind. So I'll read it again to you. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. We like things, don't we, which are going to be a nuisance or be a threat to be kept away from us. We say, not in my backyard. Okay, there needs to be a new dump, there needs to be a new prison, there needs to be a a brand new road, there needs to be a new housing state, but can you keep it away from me and my house, please? You know what it's like sometimes to feel relieved when problem people move away. There's tension, there's stress, life is difficult. And then you hear that they've moved and they've gone quite a way away and you feel like throwing a party because the stress, the the difficulty, the problem is distant and separate from you. Well, here God uses the language of East and West to talk about the separation of our sins from us. As far as the East is from the West, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Papua New Guinea, according to the web page I looked at, is how many miles away from us? 9,600 miles. So far east. If you heard that somebody was out to get you and was feeling mean towards you and they were at Crowborough Cross, you might feel a little worried. They're going to come down the hill. They're going to get me. If you heard that that same person was in Papua New Guinea... Well, you would laugh. You think, well, then nearly ten thousand miles away, no problem, it's separated. And that's the language that God uses of what He's done in terms of separating us from our sins. So far away, as far as the East is from the West. The sun rises to the sunset, the opposite direction, so far as he separated our transgressions from us. Micah 7 has something similar. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. How's that possible? At the cross, the penalty is paid. The bomb of our guilt, if you like, is diffused. Justice is satisfied. The curse has been borne instead by Jesus. So our sins are separated from us. Two young boys having a fight in a playground. They're doing damage. They want to hurt each other. The teacher comes in and separates. us, so split them up. Split them up. Keep them away so they can't hurt each other. It's as if on the cross, Jesus separated our guilt from our sins, propelled them in different directions so that the guilt of our sin and shame can never harm us again. We'll sing later. Who, O Lord, could save themselves, their own soul could heal. Our shame was deeper than the sea, your grace is deeper still. You, O Lord, have made a way, the great divide you healed. For when our hearts were far away, your love went further still. Yes, your love goes further still. And it ends three times. To you along belongs the highest praise. Length. Wonderful, isn't it? Far as the east is from the west. Your transgressions, believer, are separated from you because of the mercy of God through Jesus. And then could we almost say for the third picture, perhaps it's stretching it slightly more, depth. Depth. Verse 13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Fathers normally pity their children, don't they? We're we're imperfect as dads, all dads are imperfect. Perhaps you've known particularly imperfect dads, But, but the norm is for them to show some pity towards their children. A dad feels for the child who's suffering. Wishes they could be there instead of them. They're very concerned for them. There's a deep compassion, a deep pity felt. And that's the picture used for us here. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. I was at a social event recently and um, a friend was there who's quite a tough chap. He's into all sorts of outward bound activities and white water canoeing. And he, he, it's clear he's a, a man of no nonsense in business. And it's clear that he's somebody who's prepared to, uh, to tell the council what he thinks of the council. And yet there he was with his little toddler daughter doting over her. See, even the hard man is compassionate over his children. How much more then is God, as a heavenly father, compassionate to his children? And that is the picture that is used for us here. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion on those who fear him. Jesus said, yet your heavenly father feeds them, are they not of more Are you not of more value than they? He carries on in the Sermon of the Mount. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Spurgeon had two things to say about this: We do not adore a God of stone, but the living God who is tenderness itself. He said, and this is very encouraging, he is at this moment compassionating us for the words are in the present tense. God is compassionate. He's feeling, he is reacting like this towards us. This is the picture language of, of God's sense of relationship and outward concern. And that helps you in your current circumstances. The men's breakfast yesterday Martin's testimony included the father of the returning son and his heart went out in compassion to his returning son he gave him a robe gave him a ring, he reshewed him, he gave him red meat which was special there was rejoicing a father's compassion on the returning son so return and receive God's mercy Relish God's mercy that he's had. So these three pictures of God's mercy and its height, its length, and its depth. The psalm starts with praise. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The psalm ends with praise. Bless the Lord, O my soul. In between it describes his mercy. We've looked at three of the pictures this evening and I hope it puts us in the mood of the start and of the end, that we feel a sense in a fresh way, Blessed the Lord, oh my soul. (coughs) Well, we've got two songs now that are on the theme. I picked one of them and then the other one was uh, so relevant I thought we'd have both of them. So we've got two songs that we're going to sing, one straight after the other. The first one we're going to sing is What Love Could Remember, which is His Mercy Is More, and then we will go on straight away to Who, O Lord, Could Save Themselves. in prayer and then just to say refreshments are available straight away for those who want them. Feel free to bring your drink back in if you wish to and we're aiming to resume with Mark leading as Rosie gives her update at half past seven. Let's pray. Lord we are those who have been in need of your mercy so much more than we really begin to contemplate. And yet we thank you to be encouraged by how wonderful and great your mercy is to those who fear you. How, how vast is the distance you separate our sins from us. How tender is your loving concern for us as believers. We pray that it may lead us to a sense of praise as we contemplate these things. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.